The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody. Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. Ben Wittenstein and uh, across the screen from me is Nate Jacobson. Nate, how are you doing back in a normal temperature in Chicago with me being in an absolute oven of Phoenix right now? It's good. It feels like back from the uh, full-on work-from-home days, and it truly feels like uh, a work-from-home Thursday during football season because I literally haven't gone outside. So I wouldn't even know (laughs) what the weather is here in Chicago. It seems nice, but I wouldn't know because I haven't gone outside. But after we record the show... Uh, late on a Thursday afternoon, I think I'll uh, take a breath of fresh air and maybe it'll make me feel a little bit better and relieve some of the uh, jitters going in to NFL week one. Yeah, absolutely. That is real old school work from home days where you just never left the house. Didn't really know what the temperature was. Didn't really care. Yeah. It's a hundred and it's like 106 degrees here in Phoenix. So I'm very happy to be in an air conditioned hotel room right now. Feeling good. I'm feeling ready for week one to finally start as we record on Thursday night. Week one of the NFL starts. We got week two of college football. We're in it, man. This is this is it. We're hitting the ground running. Football season's fully a go. Yeah, definitely. And looking forward to the next few months. But yeah, it, it feels like I wouldn't say it snuck up on us because we I think we did a lot of work on the preview stuff, but just happy it's here and happy to get going, yeah. Um, especially with the two, the two days of Saturday full on uh, college and then NFL with the primetime games uh, bookending it for the NFL and both uh Thursday and Monday. All right. Well, it's picks Thursday, so we have to give out our picks. We have college football picks. We have NFL picks for week one. Got a bunch of different segments, uh, brunch time winners, dogs, sexy pick. We got some teasers. So let's just get into it. We can start with some college football, Nate. We'll start on that side on the Saturday games. Um, So some of our bets that we're looking at, these, again, aren't best bets, but these are going to be bets I think that we're going to be making that we feel fairly confident in. Um, You have a couple. I have three, I believe. So I'll just start with one of the uh, with one of my favorite ones for college football. Not the favorite, but one of my favorites. That's UAB minus six and a half. They're playing Liberty. Liberty's a team that doesn't have Malik Willis anymore. NFL, he's gone. So they've been kind of trying to figure out what their offense wants to be. They kind of have somewhat of a quarterback competition going on. I think Caden Salter is probably most likely going to be the one that gets a start for Liberty. He brings a good he brings talent. Nate to Liberty, but he doesn't bring what Malik Willis brought and UAB on their side. They come back with a pretty veteran team. Their defense is fully stacked. This is a team that's ready to actually make a push right now. Um, They won 55 to nothing against Alabama A&M in week one. And as if you're going to read the article that we put out at watchstadium.com for all of our college football picks, if you can beat a team 55 to one in football, 
I don't really care what level of football it is. That's still really impressive. It can be Alabama and I I don't really care. I mean, that's to not give up a point to score 55 points in the process. It's impressive. And, and I like to trust teams that put up really impressive wins. So to get UAB minus six and a half, less than a touchdown favorite over Liberty, a team that is going to be on their revenge list after UAB lost to Liberty last season in their home opener. Give me the Blazers, man. Minus six and a half week two. Yeah, I was confused by this line because I thought Charlie Brewer was the uh, the quarterback of Liberty now, the former Baylor, yeah. and he also had a cup of coffee at Utah last year before going to Hugh Freeze's program, but I did see that he did get injured last week, and that's why we see UAB as a pretty significant favor on the road. So, yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. Uh, for college football, for me, I don't have really anything. There's so many games this week where I think the numbers – might be a little bit off, but I don't want to bet on the team where I think the number's off because I didn't really don't think they're that good or just not high on them this year. So it's a weird, weird week with me. Nothing really matches up in terms of what I want to bet. I hope to have a little bit more in week three of college football. But I'll uh, start with one pick that we mentioned a little bit on uh, the show earlier this week and in the hangover uh, situation. And it's Army plus two and a half against UTSA. Mostly a fate of UTSA going up against a triple option team off a really tough loss to Houston, a ranked in-state opponent at home where they lost in triple overtime. They're up 14 in the fourth quarter. They squandered a lead, lose on the uh, the alternating two-point conversions to start the triple overtime. And then I guess we could have made this a sandwich game on the uh, show on Tuesday because next week they're going to Austin yeah. to play Texas. So a really tough spot for UTSA especially after you play noon local time against Army, a triple option team that you have to have a unique game plan to prepare for. So I think it's just a really bad spot for UTSA, and I'll take Army plus the points. Would love plus three. Not sure if it's going to get there. I do think Army wins this game outright. Yeah, we're, uh, we love the Roadrunners last week. At least I, I thought they were probably a decent pick, but not looking good. Coyote's going to get them this week, it seems like, with Army. Yeah, I didn't even notice them, honestly, last week um, in terms of betting. I, I or I did notice the game. I just never really thought of that game. I just I kind of thought it was interesting that a, a ranked Houston team that's kind of getting a lot of hype was only a four point favorite. And uh, obviously the uh, the line said something that where UTSA should have even won outright and that the line was probably correct. But I think of uh, the roadrunner have a little bit of a letdown at West Point on Saturday uh, at noon Eastern for UTSA on their body clocks, 11 a.m. Not that it matters much, but I think the early window might make it a little bit tough. I expect a focused effort from Army. So my second pick for college football, Nate, coincides with our sexy pick. And I think we're still trying to figure out what our sexy pick means because for week one, for our first sexy pick, Purdue plus three and a half was the selection. And that was because it seemed like everyone was on Purdue home dogs. They were the uh, underdogs by three and a half. They had a pretty good money line number. A lot of people were on them and they ended up not winning. They ended up not covering. So I, I think for me, at least the sexy pick is a team that everyone likes kind of a home dog type of situation, or even just an underdog that at this point, too many people are on too many people like that. It's not even worth betting because when that many people like the team and the line really hasn't moved that much, I don't know how much you can trust it. So for me, that's kind of what the sexy pick is. And I think this is the, the correct game to be looking at for that type of pick. And it's Pitt, Tennessee. I like Pitt plus six and a half. Uh, I, I liked the way they looked in week one. 
Um, I like them good enough to, for the fact that six and a half against Tennessee just seems like a little too many points for me. Yeah, I'm actually the opposite in terms of how they looked. I was not impressed with how they looked against West Virginia, a game where they were favored by seven. I think the close was seven and a half. And when you think of Pitt and like one of their strengths, it's in the trenches. And West Virginia does not have a good defense. And and West Virginia offensively, too, against a Pat Narduzzi defense, was able to have some success. And because of that, I think that's why this line is out to Tennessee. It touched minus seven road favorite for the Vols. So maybe the numbers say Pitt has some value, but I'm a little bit worried about how Pitt looked, a team that I expected to be a little bit down this year, losing Kenny Pickett, Jordan Addison, offensive coordinator Mike Whipple, kind of reestablishing what Pat Narduzzi wants to do by running the ball. And if that's the case and Tennessee's able to score points, they might have trouble catching up. So at first, maybe early in the week, I thought maybe Pitt plus seven, good value. But the more I looked into it and how they played against West Virginia, a game they were expected to win uh, by more than a touchdown. And if it wasn't for uh, some questionable coaching by West Virginia and a late pick six, Pittsburgh could have easily lost that game. So I'm definitely just going to stay away from Pittsburgh in this game as tempting as the number is and maybe something is really special the Tennessee Volunteers and Hendon Hooker Josh Heupel and the way that offense goes plus there's that revenge angle because last year Pitt went into Knoxville uh, definitely a much weaker uh, Tennessee team who was starting Joe Milton at quarterback and got the victory Tennessee has probably been all offseason preparing and thinking about that game to get revenge so I'm not going to lay the points with Tennessee but I also don't think I could be get behind Pitt just because from before the year, I, I thought Pitt would be down. So it kind of makes sense that Tennessee has taken money, at least early money this week. Yeah, I, I took the Tennessee under for their win total. So I don't know if this is necessarily going to be a loss for them, but I, I do think it can be closer than six and a half. I really do. And I know you're disappointed in the line play. I was disappointed in the way Pitt played on their both offensive and defensive lines, which is supposed to be their strength this season, as you said. I think those lines are good enough and the coaches are good enough that that's not going to be a consistent thing for this team. And I think they're going to be able to fix that from week one into week two. They stay at home. They have the home crowd. And the fact that they're a home dog of almost a touchdown, I, I, I just got to take it. I don't believe in Tennessee as much as I think a lot of people do. I, I think Keaton Slovis is, is going to actually find some of his groove behind a, an improved offensive line play after. I think they were brought back down to earth in week one against West Virginia. I really do. I think they saw what some of their issues may be, and it seems like they're fixable issues because of how good both of those lines are. So I'm going to trust them, plus six and a half. Maybe this is the last time I trust Pitt all season. Uh, so we'll have to see if they can at least pull something out at home where they don't get blown out. All right, let's stick with the ACC with my other pick. Nothing really strong. I'm kind of waiting to see if the line gets back to plus three. But I'll make a case for Boston College at Virginia Tech. Both teams coming off tough losses last week. Boston College squandering a lead at home to Rutgers. Virginia Tech playing on a Friday night at Old Dominion in Brent Fry's first game as a head coach at Virginia Tech, or first game ever as a head coach in college football, and they lost. So in a game where both teams looking to bounce back, I'll take the experienced coach and Jeff Halfley over Brent Pry. I also like Phil, uh, Phil Jerkovic. The quarterback of Boston College is third year starting, was hurt for a lot of the year last season. He's also a Notre Dame transfer, so he definitely has some talent. And, get, and basically the, what we did, I think, a lot last year, 
You have an ACC underdog between these middling teams in the conference. Just kind of always look towards taking the points with that team. Uh, so for me, Boston College, I'll probably do plus three if it gets back there. If not, money line. I think they get a win in Blacksburg on Saturday night. Yeah, I, li- I like the logic there. Uh, my final pick, Nate, for college football. Let's go to the swamp. Kentucky, Florida. Now, Kentucky's history in Florida, <laughs> Nate, uh, if you don't know, is hot garbage. It is really bad. Oh, yeah. Kentucky uh, really struggles to play against Florida. So I don't know if I could really pick a winner. I would lean towards Kentucky plus six, and that may be a little uh, tempting little teaser for my best bet situation because I do indeed want to pick a winner for this one. But let's go with the under in this game. Let's go under 52 and a half. And if I'm correct, I think that continues to be the number as of today, as of this recording, around 52, 52 and a half. Uh, Billy Napier won his debut in the swamp. Great job. You know, round of applause. Good job against Utah. But this defense for Kentucky, Nate, it's physical. It is a really physical, good defense. And I think it's going to give the Florida offense problems that I don't think the Utah Utah defense could have. Um, The Kentucky offense is good and we know what they can be. And, you know, you look at the team that has a Will Levis back. They lost some wide receivers, but they have their running back back. I think they can put up points, but the swamp's a different animal. And I don't think you're going to get the type of offensive production that you're expecting from Kentucky playing on the road in the swamp against Florida. So I'm going to go with the under 52 and a half. I think this game stays fairly close. Um, I think we maybe see a scores in the low twenties, you know, like a, a 24, 21 type of game, 24, 20, um, which is hinting at one of my best bets for this game. But I do think the under is the right play here. I think it slows down. I think the defenses kind of have their spotlight in the sun. Uh, this seems like an underplay. Yeah. So I think that total is sound logic. Don't really have any opinion on the uh, total of this game. I, I under makes sense though, because I know Will Levis is there and he's getting first round, uh, hype in terms of next year's NFL draft, but I don't know. I haven't really seen it yet from him in college, so I'll, I'll wait and and see what it, what he does. And this is a big spot for him, obviously, but I'm not gonna trust him or bet on him because I was surprised this line was where it was. I think a big reason why Florida is such a big favorite compared to what I thought it would be was running back for Kentucky, Chris Rodriguez. Still looks like he's gonna be suspended for this game. I think if he wasn't suspended for this game, we know by now. And whatever he did must have been pretty serious because if Kentucky is going to have one of their best players on offense and, and one of their best returning players um, for the Wildcats suspended for the Florida game, then something really must have happened to Chris Rodriguez this offseason. So for me, definitely a pass. I think Florida is now, if you're betting on Florida, you're kind of betting on them at the peak of the market off their big win last week. Also, you're, if you're betting Anthony Richardson to win the Heisman at like 16-1, to you're definitely <laughs> getting the worst of it. Uh, but yeah, Billy Napier, what a job for him in, in the uh, first game of the season. I didn't think it happened that quick, but he did a great job kind of manufacturing a win for Florida against a Utah team that obviously I have a lot of uh, high hopes for. So for me, total stay away. I would be a lot more interested in Kentucky if I didn't really, if I was kind of like looking to buy on Kentucky, but that's a team I'm looking to sell. And you mentioned they have a, a haunted history against Florida in this series, especially at the swamp. All right, let's uh, move on to dogs with bite. <laughs> a yeah. little bit of uh, some underdog plays. Georgia State, Nate, 
Georgia, Georgia State, State from the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt, and uh, they're playing <laughs> North Carolina. And I don't know if you saw last week. I, I'm sure everyone saw because that game went like four and a half hours, so it was probably uh, overflowing. Maybe it was like four hours, but it was probably overflowing on whatever TV window was supposed to be the next game. But Georgia State is playing North Carolina. North Carolina coming off that crazy victory against App State, another Sun Belt team. So really weird scheduling. They're going back on the road to play a Sun Belt team in Georgia State. But North Carolina pulls out the win last week against App State, 63-61. There were 62 points in the fourth quarter. App State scored 40 of them. App, Space, App State also failed on two-point conversions twice in the final minute because of some poor coaching on the special team side of the ball from North Carolina, but also poor coaching from Gene Chizik, the former Auburn head coach who led the uh, the Tigers to an, a national title about a decade ago. He's now Mac Brown's defensive coordinator, and they've been horrible this season against App State and also in week zero against Florida A&M. So I really like uh, Georgia State to possibly keep it close, maybe pull off the upset. I know Drake May, the quarterback for North Carolina, has been awesome this season, but if their defense can't stop anything, then they're going to be in a lot of close games. So Georgia State, for me, is the underdog money line, dog with bite pick for my, for this segment. Georgia State last week lost to South Carolina by 21, but they were leading in the third quarter at one point, and they also gave up two block punts for touchdowns. So I think it was a little bit of a misleading score. Give me Georgia State plus 245 on the money line. Can I uh, can I give one of my uh, dogs with bite from Georgia also? And this is a uh, I put it in the article. Yeah. And <laughs> this is this is truly a pick that is all heart and no head, Nate. And it's Georgia Southern first half over Nebraska, a team I have zero trust in, and a team I love to fade because I don't like Scott Frost. Plus 625, you can get Georgia Southern on the first half money line. Now, Nebraska was tied in the first half last week against North Dakota, and they were down in week zero against Illinois at halftime. So they have yet to win a half. Will it come against Georgia Southern? Maybe. It might. It's possible. But you can get Georgia Southern at plus 625 against a team that in the past two weeks has not shown any reason for you to believe in them to do anything. At the very least, win a half of football to start this game. So Georgia Southern, all heart, no head. There's probably a million different reasons not to make this bet, but the only one I need is to <laughs> anti Scott Frost. So I'm going to go Georgia Southern first half money line plus 625 against Nebraska. If you want to add something onto it, I don't know if it matters for the first half spread, but Nebraska has a look ahead game hosting Oklahoma, a former Big 12 rival, next week. Uh, so maybe Nebraska just kind of comes out flat. And if you want to take the big uh, number with Georgia Southern. It makes a little bit of sense considering the spot for the Cornhuskers. Although Nebraska already has a loss this year, so I don't think they should be looking ahead to any opponent on their schedule. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Should we go to the NFL? Yep, let's do it. All right, we got our NFL picks. We got a couple segments as well. Let's, uh, you can start off. I start college football off, so Nate, you, you have the floor. Start us off with some NFL picks. Yeah, so let's go to a game I think we're both going to be on, and it's an early yep. game, early window game at least. Uh, Steelers plus six and a half. Don't think those sevens are coming. But I think it's no. a good time to, in individual games this season, fade the Bengals as a big favorite especially coming off the Super Bowl loss, an improbable playoff run. I just think this line's a little bit high. And if Cincinnati loses to the Raiders, which they could have easily lost in the wild card round, or the Titans, a game they probably should have lost, I think this point spread, if this ended up being the game for week one, would have been a lot different, maybe more like five or something, maybe even four and a half. I also think the Steelers are getting a quarterback upgrade. I know Mitchell Trubisky is the butt of a lot of jokes, a lot of people might not trust him, but Ben Roethlisberger was a shell of his former self. So I think the Steelers offense has a chance to at least be more creative and maybe pose a threat to the Bengals in some some areas. Not gonna, you know, bet a you know, bet on them to score a lot of points, but enough to at least keep <laughs> it within the number. A Mike Tomlin coach team, always better in the underdog role. And yeah. also the, also the Steelers pass rush could get to Joe Burrow. I know the Bengals did make three pretty solid acquisitions on the offensive line, but it's a new offensive line in their first game. Burrow was out of practice for part of training camp. So I, I think there's going to take a little bit of time for that offensive line to kind of mesh together. And the Steelers pass rush is one of their strengths. So I'll take the Steelers plus six and a half. I really don't think the sevens are coming. If they do, that'll be a stronger bet to me, but I'm fine taking it six and a half right now. Yeah, Nate, I'm with you. And, and I hate, I absolutely hate myself for backing a team that has Mitch Trubisky starting. But sometimes you have to do it. Sometimes you just have to hold your nose and make the bet because, hey, he's better than what whatever Ben Roethlisberger was last season. Whatever corpse of a person he was on the field, Trubisky is automatically better than what he was last season. And by that, by that math, the pit, pit offense is actually going to be functional. They're not going to look like the Iowa offense. They're, they're <laughs> actually going to look like a functional team that can move the ball. So I love that. Pitt plus six and a half. I'm on both Pitt teams this weekend. So a lot of pressure on Pittsburgh and, and the entire city, both the college and the NFL. And they're both plus six and a half, too, for some odd reason. So love both Pitt teams. Uh, let's keep going east to down to Miami, I guess, because this game is in Miami. But Patriots plus three and a half, Nate. Love it. Give me Bill Belichick as an underdog week one. Mac Jones, I think, is going to be able to come in, take advantage. He's seemingly looked a lot better to start this season. Um, I like what the Patriots have to bring defensively. Might take a couple games for Tua to figure out how to manage Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, how that whole offense operates. I think New England really takes advantage with their coaching ability and with a team that's pretty much still intact and, and really is not making too many changes from last season. Give me the Patriots plus three and a half, more than a field goal underdog. Yeah, so actually the day after the schedule was released, I bet the Patriots plus three, thinking that'd be the best number we see uh, in this game with the idea that the Dolphins are a little bit overvalued. Bill Belichick against first-time head coach Mike McDaniel. That just was all attractive to me at plus three for the Patriots. Then preseason happened. The Patriots really struggled. All the training camp reports 
saying the offense a complete mess, and which kind of makes sense because the offensive assistants that our guests are responsible for calling plays, even though they don't have an offensive coordinator, are Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, who are pretty unpopular head coaches uh, with the Lions and Giants, respectively. So definitely a lot of uh, anti-Patriots stuff right before the season. But it was preseason, and it is Bell Belichick, who I think we could trust just based on his track record. And I think the Dolphins are a team that people are betting they're over on and expect big things from the offense. It could happen, but I'll I'll literally pay to see it. I bet the Patriots plus three, not really thrilled with the bet. I personally, if I wasn't involved, would just pass this game. Um, but I, I you know you're on Patriots plus three. At least you're getting a good number on it. So I might use the Patriots in a contest. I'm not sure, though, if I uh, would advocate a bet for them just because things did not go well for them in training camp. And maybe the offense is a mess and the defense definitely uh, they lost a key part of their defense and quarterback J.C. Jackson. So the defense might uh, have some trouble stopping the speed of the Dolphins. But it's a game I'm definitely interested in seeing just because we'll we'll know if the Dolphins are for real and if the Patriots were all that doom and gloom was justified or there's just going to be like so much uh, of a lesson about how preseason narratives doesn't mean it's going to translate to the regular season. So I'm just going to stay away unless I need to use Patriots in a contest. And if the Patriots get out to a lead, I'll probably have that game on and try to look for a, an opportunity to at least bet a little bit out of my Patriots bet and try to middle the game with something Dolphins like Moneyline live. Yeah, I'm fully prepared to cuss out Mac Jones when this offense looks incapable of even getting a first down but well i'll put my trust in him yeah i i I think the thing is if mac jones i don't even know if he'd be at to blame for uh for offensive (laughs) sputtering i would just be mad at matt patricia and joe judge (laughs) they're uh very easy targets especially because they were uh coaches we like to bet against for the most part at their times as head coaches yeah, I'm more than happy to be upset at those guys and Mac Jones. I'll I'll be mad at Mac Jones. That's fine. I, I don't care. Uh, you have some other games that you, yeah. you have some leans, it looks like. Yeah, one game I actually do like is the Vikings plus one and a half. I actually think there's a chance they could close a favorite in this game hosting the Packers. I know the perception you're just you're most people are just like I'm getting Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins basically just to win and it's as easy as that. But I think there's a little bit more to that the deeper you look. And a lot of it has to do with what I think about the Vikings for this season. Just a, a better coach team, a forward-thinking uh, head coach and Kevin O'Connell from the Rams who will get the most of the offensive pieces, something Mike Zimmer's coaching staff couldn't do. And a, a Vikings team that I'm expecting positive regression from because they lost so many close games under Zimmer. Uh, so it's a new coach. Maybe it's the same old, same old, but I, th- I still think the Vikings at home, one of the best home field advantages could end up closing a favorite in this game, especially since the Packers have a lot of questions on their offenses, offensive side of the ball, trying to find a replacement for Devonte Adams in terms of a go-to weapon for Aaron Rodgers. So I like the Vikings. I think we're going to get to them later in the teaser section. But I would take Vikings at uh, any underdog price uh, if you can. I love I love it. New year, same Nate, back on the Vikings boat. Hopefully they pull through <laughs> for you this year, man. I, I felt so bad every time. Like, you were very confident. Yeah. I liked them, too. I bet them. And they just didn't come through for a lot of those games. 
Yeah, they they were very predictable. They'd play close games every week. It was just depending if they would win or lose in the final few minutes. I'm hoping a a fresh coach, a younger coach, will uh, kind of reverse the fortunes in Minnesota. All right, I got one more NFL pick for you. Uh, Let's go over in the Colts-Houston game. 45 and a half. That's kind of been fluctuating. Um, Went up to like 47. Uh, went barred back down to 46. Now there's some 45 and a halfs back there. I like it at over 45 and a half. I don't know if I'd go too much higher than that, maybe 46. But are we sleeping on Davis Mills, Nate? Are we sleeping a little bit? Are people are people's <laughs> expectations of what he brings to the offense are they they a little bit low? I think he maybe. can he can maybe. do a, not not a lot of damage, but yeah, maybe maybe he can surprise some people and actually run a functional offense for a half. Which really is all you need. If you if you if you want points, it's probably going to be the Colts that score most of the points in this game. But if Houston can contribute a touchdown or two, field goal here and there, I think they'll be able to hit this over. Colts should score 30 points. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense in terms of the over, and, and it is kind of a play on Davis Mills being better than than market perception, but also getting the Colts with Matt Ryan and just kind of hoping that he can run the offense a little bit better than Carson Wentz did, uh, getting Jonathan Taylor going on the ground, setting a play action, and finding Michael Pittman. So definitely don't mind that play at all. And, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, definitely a way to go. I'm just going to quickly run through some plays I'm considering for the NFL on Sunday. Cardinals at plus six have definitely become a team on my radar just because of uh, a line move that we've seen over the last few weeks where it was as low as Chiefs minus three. Now we're at minus six um, for the Cardinals or plus six Cardinals at home against the Chiefs. I get why this might be the case. The Cardinals kind of a sell team for me. They're actually this is kind of like a college game where it's like I'm interested in a few teams as underdogs, but I just I don't like their season long outlook. So I don't know if I want to get involved with them in week one. And the Cardinals kind of fit that bill, but I think there's some line value in Arizona and don't really understand why the line has moved up to the Chiefs other than some uh, well-respected money on Kansas City at three, three and a half and four and a half. So Cardinals I'm considering and then two teams, if they get back to some numbers where they were earlier in the summer, if I can get the Jaguars at plus three. I'll take that. They're a two and a half point underdog at the moment against Washington Commanders. But I think the Jaguars are going to be a team that'll have a bit of an uptick with a new coach, Doug Peterson from Urban Meyer. And then another team with a new coach, I expect improvement from the New York Giants. If they get back to plus six against the Tennessee Titans, it's a it's a good combination because I want to sell the Tennessee Titans. And also the Giants, even though their preseason wasn't that inspiring, Brian Dable being the coach instead of Joe Judge is just a, a huge difference. So those are a few sides I'm considering in the Cardinals, Jaguars, and Giants if I get the right number on Sunday. And we got a brunch time winner, too. A classic, the world-famous brunch time winner. What's the play uh, for people who want to make money real fast? Yeah, and it's also going to be a game where I give out the best bets, so stay tuned for that. But we're going to go Ooh. Browns, Panthers, first half under 20 and a half. Big reason why we're going under here, a lot of familiarity, just Baker Mayfield, the quarterback now for the Panthers, and everyone talking about the revenge that he's going to have on Sunday afternoon against the Cleveland Browns. But the Cleveland Browns defense is a very talented unit that knows his tendencies from practice and are going to be very focused on 
making life miserable for Baker Mayfield. So they get the last laugh after they missed out disappointingly on the playoffs last season. So brunch time winner under 20 and a half Browns Panthers. I expect a lot of running early on and a slow start in Charlotte on Sunday. I like it. Um, let's do kind of new segment. We did teasers last year, but we, it's got its own segment now for, for this show. Don't be a tease, Nate. Don't be a tease. NFL teaser of the week. Uh, I like the Vikings, put them in a teaser and you like the Vikings even at the line right now and possibly on the money line, but plus seven and a half is what you can get the Vikings more than a touchdown underdog in a game where they have a pretty decent shot to win. I love that. And for me, I'm going to put the Colts with it. Minus one against the Texans, basically getting them to win the game. Love that. I, I don't think they should lose. I mean, I didn't think they should lose against the Jaguars last year, and that happened. But I think this Colts team is a bit of a different team with Matt Ryan. So give me the Vikings plus seven and a half, Colts minus one. That's my teaser. Yeah, Frank Reich's had kind of a, a rough go early in the season, Indy. So hopefully he can right the ship because – I have a lot of season-long bets or season-long investment in the Colts because of their soft start to the schedule, and uh, hopefully they get off to a hot start. So I hope the Colts definitely win, but for teaser purposes, it's the second leg I prefer others than the Vikings, which mentioned why I like the Vikings in the game just a few minutes ago. But the uh, 49ers, if you can get them down to minus one or a half, depending on uh, where you shop, I just think they're going to beat the Chicago Bears. I know I don't always love teasing down road favorites in the NFL but in this situation I just don't see a scenario where the uh the 49ers lose this game unless Trey Lance is completely terrible and if he is completely terrible at least there is a safety net in Jimmy G so I like the 49ers to win along with later in the day the Vikings to keep the game within a possession against the Packers at home I like it all right should we go to best bets let's do it all right let's finish it off our best bets for this weekend Nate I'll start with some of our college football picks, or at least my college football pick. Uh, USC, minus eight and a half. And I looked at this line, and I'm I'm very honestly confused why it's not double digits right now. And it's honestly been moving down. It was minus nine a couple days ago, minus eight and a half now. I, I think Caleb Williams comes into Stanford and just clobbers them. It's Lincoln Riley's Pac-12 debut as a, in a Pac-12 game. There's just a lot USC still feels like they have to prove, and they're going against a pretty easy opponent in Stanford and aren't even double-digit favorites. That seems too easy to me, man. I'm, I'm going to take USC minus 8.5 on the road against Stanford. And give me Kentucky plus 6. Uh, I think this is a game that Florida comes into. It's a bit of a hangover situation. They beat Utah, an emotional, physical game, and they have to turn right around in Week 2 and play another incredibly physical team in the Kentucky Wildcats. I think they have the offensive chops to take down Florida. It's going to be tough in the swamp, but they're getting six. I think they can lose by a field goal or so, and I think there's a pretty good chance they can win this game on the road and steal one in the swamp. So give me Kentucky plus six. Give me USC minus eight and a half. I'm going to take a team for the best bet for Sunday, the Cleveland Browns. It's at a pick them now. That's the last number I would take it at. I got bet pretty heavily on Thursday afternoon from plus two, plus one and a half down to a pick on, but mentioned in the brunch time winner, why I like the Browns defense against Baker Mayfield, an old teammate. I also think not an overreaction in the line, but the downgrade from Deshaun Watson that we were assuming or hoping that he was going to start earlier in the year when this line came out at Browns minus four and a half to Jacoby Brissett, who obviously is limited 
But giving him a full offseason, probably no. He's starting this game and prepare a game plan around him, like the Browns' offensive line, the running game, their offensive coaching staff, to do enough to pose an effective game plan for the Browns against the Panthers, who still have some unproven parts on their defense. So wouldn't really go anymore just because the Browns have got bet. Maybe if you want to wait till Sunday and hope uh, some people bet on Carolina, you get the Browns at like plus one or plus 100 or better on the money line. But I really do think the Browns win this game on Sunday to go to 1-0. and All right, those are our best bets. USC minus 8.5, Kentucky plus 6, Browns pick them. I love it, Nate. Week one NFL season is here. I'm so excited. Yep, excited. Have fun the uh, rest of the week in Arizona. Make sure Thank to you. stay stay cool. Good luck with your I bets. I don't think that's possible. Out there, it's nice that you're at least in a in a legal jurisdiction to place yes. bets on your phone. Hopefully, you're able to do that uh, all weekend long, and we'll uh, reconvene next week in the office in Chicago, hopefully on Tuesday. And uh discuss the uh, fall off from the week and look ahead to uh, college week three and NFL week two. Excited. And read our articles, watchstadium.com. Read Nate's on the NFL, read ours on college football, all of it at watchstadium.com and uh, stadium bets on Twitter. Good luck to everyone this week. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>